Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. Welcome, everybody. Everybody may be one person. Everybody may be no people. That's okay, Welcome, Dave. me and Steve talking to ourselves. It's our first ever Plan for Life Now the podcast. And we were always trying to think of names for this podcast. And then, and I thought of different names, but why change it from Plan for Life well, see, Now? You came up with a lot of different names for the podcast, but then the problem was we've got to get the website to go with the podcast. Right. And then and that becomes a whole right. thing. You know, now we've got Plan for Life Now. People are used to that. So why change that? Right. That made no sense. But I realized just the second that I'm probably just going to start calling this Plan for Life Now the podcast. Okay. And that may last forever. That's okay. Because to me, a podcast is still something, even though I've been doing radio for 20 plus years, a podcast, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast. Well, I the don't, first time you've so done So far, it. having an a, a extensive radio career, there's not a big difference. Well, the Except first time. for the, God only knows what quality you're going to be sending out to these people. <laughs> That'll be a big difference. But. All right. There is a bit of a learning curve on my part. To get the audio recording and editing, might be watching a few YouTube videos after we do this to get myself up to speed. But as far as the content, as far as what everybody out there should expect from us, we should have more or less the same content and, and ideas that we've had in the past. I think it'll be the it'll be very much the same content, except that. At the end of every break we did on our radio show, Plan for Life Now, and let's face it, the first listeners, the pioneer Lewis and Clark listeners to this podcast are going to be people who not only got up accidentally to hear our show, Plan for Life Now, on Sunday mornings, but actually like the show. Or, or else, why in the world would they ever? First of all, that's how they would know about the podcast. Or maybe, or there are just our friends clients. and family. <laughs> I got news for you. I've been doing this so long. My friends and family do not hear need to hear me talk more. Yeah, that's true. So they would also <laughs> more of Dave, less. My of friends Dave. and family have heard me talk extensively about retirement planning, other stuff, just like we do on this podcast. But I think we will do on this podcast what we always did on the radio show. For those of you who are listening, who like our show. We will, during Redskin season, do our Redskin predictions. Have oh, nothing absolutely. to do with investment planning or retirement planning. We'll probably even post those on our website. We won't, which is cool for me, actually. We won't and have no reason to plug our seminars and, right. and that. Because if you're listening to this, it's probably off our website, and you could go see what we're doing You know, any well, particular month. Or it's, it's future. It's sometime in the – there's absolutely no reason when you do a radio show, which you all should know is a paid – Financial planning radio shows on the weekend are paid programming. They're not like hiring Steve and I, you know, if they were hiring us and paying us or if it were free, Mm -hmm. we'd still be doing the radio show. Yeah, I was going to say, why don't we reset for a second? Anybody who didn't hear our final show on WMAL, 
if you're on our website right now, you can scroll down just a little bit, and I believe it was June the 19th, right? Yeah, so it should be the June 19th show. It's right on our website. You can listen to it there. But the brief recap, just in case you didn't hear it or don't want to listen to another one, uh, we came to a decision to stop doing the radio show on WMAL. And like Dave said, it was, it was you know, we were paying them to do it. And yeah. it was great. We had a, a great time. I think I've been on with you since, is it 2007? I think it's since 2007. Yeah, you, it all yeah. blends together. But I mean, I've been on there for a long time, and you've been on there even longer. And we had a lot of fun doing the show. The people there at MAL are great, really liked them. But the, the cost was always going up. And then on top of that, when you look at the other programming that's on that station, which like we said, we like the station, but when you look at the other programming, it's inundated with financial planning, retirement planning type of shows. So we felt like our message was getting watered down amongst everything else that was right. out there. But whenever you, and that is advertising, a, a radio commercial is advertising, a whole hour show is advertising. When you're advertising and you're paying a lot of money for that, you have to be advertising something or it's really not worth it. And that's why right. you'd always hear at the end of every break, I'd talk about our upcoming seminars and other stuff about contacting us and working with us. Well, that if we didn't do that, that would be insane when you're, you know, when you have that. But for this, I mean, and we will still, and a lot of you will know this because you'll listen to the radio. We still have commercials all over the place for our services and our seminars and the long-term care that we do, all that stuff. But what's kind of cool about the podcast is we don't have to advertise. It's not even about advertising. It's really about educational as far right. as, you know, things that a lot of people want to know about retirement planning and investment planning when you're older. Same thing as the show, 50s and 60s is who we target this podcast to. And, oh God, we're target, targeting a podcast <laughs> to people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. And I will honestly tell you, to download, I do listen to podcasts, but to learn how to download it, my daughter had to show me the first time. So okay. I'm, I hope this is you are listening to this now, and you're like my age or older. Chances are someone helped you listen to this first show. Okay, but you say it's easy. Steve, who's well, comparatively young at 37, says this is easy. Okay, but here's what I'm imagining. I'm not under the illusion that everyone's just going to be sitting there waiting, going, oh, my God, when's the latest episode of Plan for Life Now, comma, the podcast, coming out? I more imagine that people are it's going colon. to... Oh, it's colon. Or it's semi-colon? Plan for Life Now, colon, the podcast. Podcast. A comma. It. All right, I'll fix it on the site. Kidding. It's you, not on there. Okay, like I was going to say, God, that's pretty bad grammar. We had people correct our grammar all the time on the radio show. Yeah, I wonder if we'll now, have... Now with no listeners, that won't happen. <laughs> Nobody's listening. But what I was going to say is, I'm not imagining that everyone's sitting there just dying to hear this or you know, going to load it up every Sunday morning as they drive to church. I'm more imagining that when they have questions, when they're thinking about things, they can go and look at the different topics because we're going to tag all these topics. And if you want to search for Brexit, which is what we're going to talk about today, once we get done with all this stuff, you can search for that and boom, there's a podcast there talking about it or other things that aren't quite as topical. I think but. that's cool, but that's certainly going to be big when people are searching for like long-term care insurance. We will yeah. do a lot about that as we do on the radio and all the stuff we talk about. So I guess that's good enough for the intro. 
to all, all right. this stuff. Let's actually now talk about Brexit. It's like this is our first one. We were doing the first one today no matter what. Right. Because we said oh, tomorrow afternoon, since we're not doing having a radio show this Sunday, we're going to do something. Well, this is, and, by the way, this is June 24th in the afternoon. So we had a vote. <laughs> it was kind of in news was coming in all evening, but really wasn't finalized till late last night that the, the whole Brexit thing went down. You know, the UK has left the European Union. And for those of you who don't really know what that means, you're sort of paying attention, you know, you don't want to look dumb when you're talking to people, but let's face it, we don't all completely understand it. Um, It basically, the the net effect of it is a lot of trade agreements, a lot of immigration agreements between Britain and the rest of Europe, the rest of the EU really, uh, are now kind of up in the air. You know, instead of having this overarching agreement between all the countries they now will have to negotiate individual treaties and or individual agreements with each one of the countries and who knows right. what it'll but it, really it's going to take like. a long time for it to unwind right and it was done by a vote voting on policy which if that happened in this country oh my god right um, the vote on policy that important and a lot of people in exit polls they basically voted oh yeah we're definitely voting to you know to leave the eu many people said what is the eu well, well yeah what did i just vote on well, there are a, lot, you... a mass a lot of people said hey i don't really know what i voted on but i know i'm like a really good britain or whatever you would call yourself londoner whatever you are because i want to just be independent yeah what did i vote on again well did you see that which is a little scary well did you see that the google you know, Google obviously is tracking all of us and everything that we're doing in our lives. So Google said that in the hours last night, there was a 150% spike in Googling the term, what does it mean if Britain leaves the EU? In in Britain, right? So there's a lot of people being like, oh, wait a second. What's going on here now? We're actually doing this. We're pulling the trigger. Right. So it's not like voting on the things we're allowed to vote on like that is when you go in the booth and you've already voted for the major candidates and then the, those referendum things. Yeah. Hey, would you like to do uh, emergency services in Montgomery County? I'm like, yeah, it sound, that sounds right. What is this? What party? Yeah. So it's, it's a little more serious than that. So the markets, as of today, now this is fun because you'll be listening to this mm-hmm. and things will have changed. It's not immediate like it is, you know. Whatever time it is, three thirty in the afternoon. Three oh nine, close. And we, uh, I just actually, I was thinking maybe this was the reason why we just had some technical difficulties. Shocker for our first <laughs> podcast. Like and there won't be more of those. Hopefully, I can flawlessly edit it together, and you'll yeah. notice. Um, but if you do notice, it's probably the reason your mic went off is because I clicked on something to see how much the Dow was down. Ah. Because that's right when it happened. How much is the Dow that. down? 546 points. Ouch. Right? Which Painful. Is, which is a decline of over 3%. And it's sort of been fluctuating. I know that you said last night you were checking Dow oh, futures. I was like, this is what, never do this when you're investing your own money. Don't check Dow futures when something negative is going on at 12 10 in the morning because it, and it was <laughs> all you interested i was just up uh. i had all that's a whole other personal thing fam but uh, whatever i was watching it and yeah it was down 700 wow 
at one point when I was watching it. And I would dare check it again. You know what? I'll check it on my phone. Yeah, thanks. So that I don't, so we don't cut to, you off again. So we don't have another half hour interruption between <laughs> doing this and not doing it. But, uh, okay. So, yeah. So things are down. And then you go on CNBC. Ay, ay, ay. Their website. And what are you going to have? <laughs> this is so not good for the uh, mainstream investor. Mom and pop 401k out there. Some seriously negative stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, you've got Alan Greenspan, the former Federal Reserve chairman, being quoted as saying, this is the worst, right? Right, I, I mean, saw that, that. That's that's not good. I mean, you know, of course, they cherry-picked that quote out of what he's saying in a larger context, but you just go to CNBC and you see, you know, Alan Greenspan say that, eh, it's not going to inspire a whole lot of confidence. So, where do we go from here? I mean, do we look at this and say, oh, my God, I, I, I got to get out of the market. And believe me, we had a couple of those phone calls and emails today. Yep. You know, should we just get out and sell everything? Is that the before right the way to Before the market opened. I noticed that our opened. first one was before the market actually opened. Okay. So she was awake with you at 1210. Right. So someone saw the, the futures. So based on the futures even, what do I do? That's that's the modern media, though. I mean, it is your well, money that. And remember, our clients are, who knows who you are listening to this, but the people we work with are in their fifties, sixties, and then we're working with them, obviously, and hopefully, in our case, for the rest of their life. So many are retired or close to retirement. So when you see this kind of uh, falling off the cliff, even in futures, even before it's even started, with modern technology allowing us to know what's happening every minute, it is emotionally difficult. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we've talked about this many times in the past, but we are all with the, the modern era of technology and information just bombarding us. We feel like we're supposed to do something when these types of events occur. I mean, that's the mindset that most people are in. I've got to do something or I've got to make sure my guy or my woman, my Excuse me, my advisor does something. Um, so I, I thought even before we talk about specifics of how do we deal with this in a financial plan, how do we have this, how do we prepare for an event like this? Not that we're going to sit here, we're never going to sit here and claim, oh yeah, I saw Brexit coming. Yep, saw it coming, took care of things. We're not going to claim that. No. Because there's going to be two or three events you know, every year that are going to shock the market in a big way. And you, you just can't be right about those things again and again. So uh, I'll leave you in suspense as to how we deal with that. But I thought it was good and necessary in days like this. I always love to pull up historical data and take a look at, at a few things. And I found a couple of different charts, if I can find them all here, um, that had how the markets reacted in the past to pretty severe negative events. Right? Good. I'm and, glad you did research for this podcast because that's interesting because, I mean, in my obviously Brexit's the worst thing that's ever happened in, in the history of mankind, but there have been not, other not, things that were negative in the okay. past. I don't know how bad it's going to be. Well, I'm not going sarcastic. downplay it, but I, I'm going to say it's, it's probably there. not the worst thing ever, but okay. um, who knows? Um, so here was one chart that I found, and, and what I really wanted, some of this data I have, some I don't, um, what I really wanted to see how it reacted initially, and then a year later, 
or a couple of years later. Right. So let's start off with the Lehman Brothers bankruptcy. That right? was huge. That was pretty big. Biggest bankruptcy in, in U.S. history. Uh, I believe it was – I don't even want to speculate. I want, I want to say it was like $620 billion in assets. It was way bigger than um, MCI WorldCom or Countrywide or, or anything out there. Um, the day that that happened, the Dow Jones was down 4.4%, right? Okay. So certainly yeah, not so good. Um, when you take a look after – now this chart <laughs> – uh, this chart has after a year, it was still down about 10% there. But then you go out to three years and it was up 10%. And you go out to five years and it was up over 40%. Okay. Right? So. Yeah. Although the I, initial shock, and that was obviously part of, or maybe even the trigger of the Great Recession. Wow. Well, so, yeah, or it was, it was just, you know, a big part of it. So you go out a year even and you're down. It took some time before you came back. Okay. How about uh, the terrorist attacks on 9/11? I mean, that was. I mean, you think about. Well, yeah, I don't even remember. I was so I was more worried about those helicopter sounds over my house <laughs> uh, after that, and freaked out about everything else that we were all freaked out about and dealing with. I, right. even, I don't even remember what the market did then. Market was down seven percent in one day. Right. So wow. down seven percent uh, in one day, and one year later, it was only down three. So if you had been the contrarian and you said, hey, I'm going to buy stocks when they're down after 9-11, you actually would have been up three and a half, four percent in a year there. Um, how about the stock market crash in 1987? Right? That one this I remember. But now, Mr. Historian over there, do you remember? How old were you? No, I was eight years old. I don't remember. Okay, you were all over that. You were doing your initial yeah. Fisher-Price podcast then. <laughs> the Fisher-Price. No, that was, Dave, come on. That was pre-podcast, but I did have the Fisher-Price stock trader, you know. It's, um, you, you talk about a bad day. Stock market was down 22.6% in one day. Wow. 22.6%. I remember that day. That was brutal. You hung on for a year later, you were up 22.92%. Right. And you know you who up. really lost on that? You say, oh, people in IBM, people in whatever. Who really lost? Who really lost? Because you don't remember this because you weren't really. I was. They didn't cover this in third I'm grade. 54, he, I'm 54. He's 37, by the way. If this is the first time you've ever heard this. People killed themselves. Yeah, people jumped out of buildings because their stock portfolio lost that much money. And that turned out to be a bad decision. Uh, that's probably an understatement, but yeah. That's <laughs> an understatement. But, um, you know, just picking out some of the big ones, because I mean, they've got a bunch of others here. I don't want to go through them all of, you know, President Reagan being shot, you know, ran hostage crisis, Nixon resigned, um, you know, escalation in the Vietnam War. I'm surprised the market didn't go up when Nixon resigned. <laughs> was, Seriously, I remember that. Too. I was much younger then, but I was into, I'm a native from uh, here, so I was into all that stuff. And honestly, boy, at that point, it's like Gerald, it, it was like, get, Nixon's finally out of here. I'm surprised that wasn't a plus day. It was only slightly negative. It was only down 1%. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't I mean, that. That could have been anything, you know. It's, right. you know, President Kennedy assassinated Ooh. down about 3%. Um, North Korea invades South Korea down about uh, 4.6%. Pearl Harbor, you know, down 3.5%. And in all of those, except for Reagan being shot, 
when you look at a year later, the stock market was positive. Um, so, you know, we don't want to sit here and po uh, you know, propose that Brexit is somehow a good thing and it's going to lead to everything being positive. I really don't know what it holds. But I, I wouldn't be so quick, quick to draw the conclusion that just because a negative event happens that I don't want to be in stocks entirely. I'm going to get out entirely. Forget this. I'm done. You know, believe me, we, if you don't know, we were on WMAL, a conservative talk station for a long time. Most of our listeners were not too thrilled about the idea of President Obama being elected. Right. Did not like him. To right. put it lightly. Their outlook of the market then when he was inaugurated in February of 2009. Yep. Remember, we're almost, the inauguration of Obama was almost coincides directly with as low as it got during right. the Great Recession. So their outlook going forward, our listeners, with Obama, who they were did not vote for and did not want, was super negative, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we can sit here and say, you know, Obama, during his term in office, has had one of the greatest runs in the stock market in history. Now, I'm not going to sit here, give him credit, take away credit. That's debate for another day. But it, it goes to show you that you just don't know exactly what's you going don't. to happen. Which always makes me think, and you always like to think, even when you're us, you like to think, because we're in this business and we're really not emotional about money. I would say you and I are both in the state. Being in this business, we're not emotional about this stuff always looking at long term but even that i mean i gotta be honest with you i i can't tell you i'm gonna go like if donald trump wins the presidency i'm not gonna lie to you and tell you oh my god i'm super pumped no. but even knowing that i would not make a move based on a new president that particular choice would not be my choice but i would not make a move in my investments based on on my stocks because the reality is these are long-term plays. When you're doing retirement planning and investment planning for people who are older, you have to be able to, and this is all of you listening out there, you have to have a real game plan put together that can withstand the emotion of what might be happening to your money when you're not earning money anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I think that ultimately comes down to, you know, when we got those phone calls or emails today from people saying, oh my gosh, Brexit, what do I do? Um, you know, should I make some sort of change? You know, here was the response because what I don't think that anybody wants to hear is, nah, just hang in there. It'll all recover, right? That's fine. I'm 37. You know, my stocks go down. You can tell me that all day long. Ah, okay, sure. It'll recover. I'll just go on saving. You know, and that's what I'll tell my, you know, brother-in-law, my sisters, whatever, who are investing. But for people who are either in retirement or almost in retirement, you got to have a more tangible answer than that. And I think that's where it's really important to go over the plan that you set up again. And in any plan that we have, we're always looking at what's the income that a person has coming in regardless of the stock market. Right? Forget about all your investments. What kind of pension type income do you have coming in? It's not subject to the stock market. It's not subject to oil prices or anything else. That's always where we start because you know that money's coming in, you know, to use the term, come hell or high water. Then we go from there to what money do you have invested 
in bonds, in fixed income, in safer type of vehicles that frankly on a day when stocks are down now 640 points, uh, <laughs> I just Great. had to check. Um, when stocks are down, it's probably going to be a positive day in bonds, right? In, in 2008, the broad bond market was up 5%. And, and that always comes back to why do you own bonds in a portfolio? It's not because you expect to get rich or you're hoping to make these great returns. It's to have this money liquid and available when the market goes down. Right. And I, I think when you go through those things, you know, the income that you have coming in, in terms of pensions, pension-like income, the liquidity that you have in bonds, with most of our clients, they're going to have seven to 10 years worth of income needs already met in the bonds and the, the guaranteed income. So stocks are part of the plan, but stocks are for the 10 plus year horizon. Yep. And if you ask me 10 years from now, oh, are you scared about Brexit? Hopefully I'm gonna go, what? What, what do you mean, <laughs> Brett? Oh yeah. No, it's the exact same as the, as what even now, it's not 10 years later, it's five years later. Remember the S&P 500 downgrade or the S&P downgrade of the United States credit I would, rating. I would venture to say most people. I was like are, five years to the day. Alma. I mean, it's because I went on vacation for that and let right. you deal with everybody. <laughs> Good timing on my part. You, I think you did that again with Greece, I think. I a think couple so. Years. Yeah. I remember I go on long vacations. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's nice. a new trend, by the way. We're, Should I be uh, timing on Dave's long vacations? Yeah, right. Did Dave have a long vacation that he canceled? Yeah, and that's why Brexit. It never works out. Like, I'm here now, not on a long vacation. Right. <laughs> no, but canceled. you're right. I mean, remember the word sequestration? I mean, how yeah. long has it been since you've heard that term? Right. And that was... You know, oh my God, the fiscal cliff, uh, sequestration, it's all going yeah. down the tubes. And now here we are five years later and most of us kind of struggle to remember what was the deal with all that. So once again, I, I, you know, I don't want to minimize the impact of Brexit, but when we take that longer term view, we can feel very comfortable that the mechanisms of capitalism will ultimately... I mean, the whole idea behind capitalism is to put money to use in the most efficient place. Now, is the UK going to be the most efficient place? Maybe not. So capitalism will adjust. And that's that's kind of the long-term view on things. So, But if you want to look very short-term, the Dow has gone down 120 points in the time that we've been doing this podcast. Wow. So you may want to invest or short the markets whenever we're recording a podcast. <laughs> I don't can't guarantee you're going to do well doing that. <laughs> but but again, I mean this this is a classic example. This is I think this is a great topic for our first podcast of short term versus long term. Yeah. Wish it wasn't so painful now. It's uh, not down anymore. <laughs> Isn't uh, well, it four o'clock yet? Let me check. When's four o'clock rolling around, everybody? Stop the no, bleeding. No, look at that, Dave. In the last twenty seconds, it's up twenty points. There you so. go. Let's so, end it on that note. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, thanks for checking out the very first podcast. We are going to try to do this. Uh, it's going to be different lengths. We're going to talk for as long as we have something to talk about, and you know, 
within reason right? because <laughs> we always have something to talk about. But some of the podcasts will be short and sweet. Some of them, this one, we're going on 27 minutes now. Okay. So, you know, some be a little bit longer. But uh, we appreciate you guys checking it out. Hope you come back regularly. We are going to plan on doing these at least once a week um, or as we feel right. necessary. Or as events warrant. Right. So, thanks. All right. Thanks for listening. Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated.